Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, here on the Tell Dell Tuesday Show, we have a gentleman that's been with us before. The story's worth telling again. Uh, this gentleman was in the industry of real estate and not only in it he was high up in it managed thousands of units and did that for 20 years and yet it took his friend a friend of mine johnny lama ridgeway as you remember him uh it took johnny 10 years to beat on him to get him to come out and do it on his own so welcome here today robert titting from dallas texas robert welcome to the show Thanks, Dale. It's great to be back on. I appreciate it. The story never gets old. I beat on John for 10 years to get him to come in. And John beat on you for 10 years. What is it about you multifamily guys that, you know, you're in the industry, but you won't buy into the industry? Tell us about that. Uh, I think it's because we're slow learners. No, Um I, I don't know. I thought it was going to be like a law firm, honestly, that at some point, you were going to be made a partner, and it just took me a long time, a long time, to realize that wasn't the case. And it's just scary to go from that middle class thinking, working for the W-2 income, the 401K, and doing the way you were supposed to be, you know, trained to be. Um, it was really scary to make that leap, leaving a really cushy job and taking the risk. Um, it seemed very risky at the time, and in hindsight, I wish I'd done it 10 years ago. Well, you've got over a thousand units now. Tell people what you did when you managed. I'm not sorry, not managed. You were you were a vice president, I think, something like that. What what was your position? And tell people how many units you were over. How many units was in, in your control at the time? Um, I mean, I've run, run a lot of large property management companies, up to probably twenty three thousand units, over a hundred properties. Um, you know, started the companies done development, done lease-ups, done rehab, 
Um, been through several really bad cycles and good cycles. So I've kind of seen the roller coaster that is real estate. Um, but I was just always doing that and making other people a lot of money. I mean, one portfolio, every property in the portfolio, we increased the NOI over 30% three years in a row. And all I got from that owner was a thank you card. And I look back now and just go, holy cow, the money I made for them. Um, again, slow learner, I guess, on my part. Well, I, I want to ask you a question because it's it's interesting to me, and uh, hopefully there's somebody out there right now that's in the real world that is doing something for somebody they can make a lot of money if they did it for themselves. So did you understand what capitalization meant? In other words, capping that income increase that you created? Did you understand that, What the, how much money those guys are making? Uh, to an extent. I mean, I'm a certified property manager, so I got all the training on the finance side of it. Um, Again, I was just holding out that at some point I would be made a partner. And um, really, you know, naive on my part in hindsight. Um, and then I was the NAA, National Apartment Association, PAC chair for two years, raising millions of dollars for pe- you know, from people. So I thought when I finally flew in, I thought, I can do this. I can go out and raise money on my own. This will be easy. Um, this is actually for people's investment, for them making money. It's not just giving to a PAC. What I found is people were seeing me walk into a room. They could not run fast enough. Um, family and friends get tired of being beat up on. So I finally joined Lifestyles, and I'm within – our first deal was 120 units uh, our first year. And we've raised probably over $45 million in equity and bought about $131 million worth of real estate since late 2017 because of Lifestyles. So let's let's go back on that a little bit because I think it's interesting. And I want to dive deeper, if nothing more than from my own personal interest. Um, you tried to do it before you came to Lifestyle. So let me ask you more specifically. Did you get the idea uh, more specifically that, hey, John's telling me I should do this. Okay, you know, maybe he's right. I will do this. But why do I need to pay some company to teach me how to do this? I'm the, guy that's the expert at it. And that's when you tried to do it on your own? That's exactly right. And I was um, thinking, well, gosh, this I've got this amount of money, and if I raise this amount, I could go buy a fourplex. I mean, I just really wasn't understanding the, the, the leverage and the loan program and the, the brokerage community and all the people out there that could help me. Um, and that's after I went to a two-day for Lifestyles over the weekend, and kind of the light bulb started to finally turn on for me, and I went, yeah, but I think I can do this myself. I don't need to spend the money. Really, really stupid or stupid not to do that because it's investing in your own future. It's cheaper than any other education, cheaper than Man. college, cheaper than a lot of other stuff. I can relate to that, Robert. I'm telling you, I can relate to that. That's my personality. I, you know, I'd go to these real estate guru training courses and I'd go, "Man, I don't need these guys. I, I get what they're doing. I'll go out there and do it." And, you know, so I, I totally relate to that. Um, they didn't have anything like this, like Lifestyles, when I was, you know, looking for places to get help. But um, what did it feel like for people out there that are going to try to do this on their own when you get out there? And all these people, which is really interesting to me, you say people will give you money for a pack. And by the way, if people don't know what a pack is, a political action committee, is that what you call it? And yeah. they're raising money for politics, right? And that that's like throwing money in the wind. It goes nowhere. You'll never see it again. You'll never, ever t- 
touch it, hear it, smell it, and they may not even get done what you want them to get done. And you were good at raising money for PACs. What did it feel like when you tried to actually raise money to help them earn money? And they said no. I was floored. I really thought that was going to be the easiest sell ever. You know, people would say, of course, let's jump on this bandwagon. Let's go make money. Um, people are so risk adverse. It's just it's just very odd to me that they would give money for PAC. They understand I need to help my industry, um, but they didn't want to help themselves by investing in themselves. Do you think it's a psychological let go? If I give the money to PAC, I know I don't get it back, so there's really no risk. It's just stuff I'm willing to lose. Yeah, I can see that. I'm just trying to figure but it out. With the same mindset, it seems like you'd say, um, I can put this money into real estate and I may not get anything back, but I also maybe could make a lot of money. So there's upside to the latter. Yeah. So um, now that you, you've you jumped over to the other side, you took the two-day, you tried it on your own, what got you to come back and try it through the system? Uh, again, John helped a lot. The more I talked to um, other people at Lifestyle Stuff and just started wondering why didn't I do this before, um, it's a very welcoming community of like it's almost like a family. Um, I mean, you walk into the room the first time and there's hundreds of people and you feel a little intimidated and out of place. But literally by the end of that first meeting, um, I had John Pry and so many other people, Sapria, so many people come up and have become dear friends of mine, but they just made you feel welcome, um, kind of held your hand and walked you through it. And I, I don't know, it was just, that's what made me finally go, I can do this. And these people are here. They're like-minded. It's not um, dog-eat-dog. I'm going to try to do it at your expense. It's everybody trying to help everybody else. It's just a very welcoming environment. Well, today I'm going to cover all five of the deals you've done, and we're going to get into deep detail with you. Before we go to break here, we've only got a minute left. Just some insight. You are deep into the Apartment Association at many levels. And I just wondered, could you see us guys coming and taking over the Apartment Association as we did? No, not at all. Um, I always thought it was going to be the big, you know, it always could be the big companies. I won't name them, but, you know, the, yeah. the 30,000 unit plus companies that would be the rulers all the time. Yeah, I sat there. I remember my first meeting at the Houston Apartment Association. I sat there and I said, someday these hundred tables in this room will be ours. And now about 60% of them are Lifestyles members' companies, so it's really interesting. Um, we're going to take a, take a break here. When we come back, I want to go into detail with how you think through your process, because your process is completely opposite of mine in that I've always gone from small to big, and you've gone from big to bigger. I mean, you, just, it just, you like size, you like economics of scale, and I want to hear why, because I think there's probably a lot to learn from your experience and why you do it the way you do it. So we'll take a short break. We'll be right back with Robert Tinning and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Robert Tinning out of Dallas, Texas. Robert has over 1,000 units. Been in the property management business his whole life, probably 20, 30 years. Uh, been with Lifestyles since 2017, and during that time, he's just accumulated uh, a large portfolio of what I would call larger size properties, which is what I wanted to talk to him about. Robert, tell us about your theory on the size of properties. Because you've, I'm just going to list them here for people because they don't have these notes in front of them. 120 unit, a 68 unit, a 250 unit, a 464 unit, and a 360 unit. Largest one I've ever done was 320. I did that with John Ridgeway, and you just explode with these larger units. Tell us about your thought process. Um, for me, I guess I know enough about property management to be dangerous. And what I mean by that is I realized quickly on that I'm going to see all the red flags. I've been a fee manager myself. Um, I've used fee management companies. And I just felt like I would spend as much time looking over their shoulders and seeing things and questioning things. Because, I, as I said, I know enough to be dangerous that – I thought, I just want to do it myself. I don't trust other people with my reputation. I don't trust other people with my uh, the money I'm being the steward for uh, with my investors. So with that being said, I thought it, it doesn't make any sense to me to do a 40-unit, a 60-unit for me um, because of economies of scale, because of the quality of a manager you can buy or pay, you know, have on staff. So I just wanted to go as big as possible um, to get those efficiencies and get better employees um, that are more experienced and stuff like that. So that was kind of where my head was at. So I understand you bought 120 units for you. That's smaller side of the stuff you purchased. Uh, then you got rid of that. That's kind of like uh, me buying a 20 unit to try it out and then get rid of that and go buy a 50 and then a hundred. Uh, you then bought a 68, but you followed it up at the property right next door to it or pretty close to it. Is that the case? Yeah, right next door, exactly. And that gave you some... It was just a great location in uh, Arlington, Texas, and it was an old condominium um, project that had been converted and just had a lot of upside and a lot of appeal to it. And then because of the broker relationships I've built through Lifestyles, that broker came back to me in a month or two and said, hey, if I could get the buyer or the owner next door to sell you that 250-unit property, would you be interested? And I'm like, oh, heck yeah. Um, and we had that property on the master's tour, the last master's tour, um, before COVID and um, a lot of people saw it. So they know the property well, I and mean, it's a beautiful property, 
great location. So now we control the entire corner of that submarket. Wow. I love those. <laughs> I'll tell you a story. I bought, uh, I bought a 64 unit, and then uh, right across the street was a 68 unit, so I bought that. And right down, right next to that was an 88 unit, so I bought that. And then around the corner was a 104 unit, I bought that. And then around the corner again was a 34 unit, I bought that. And all of a sudden, they had like 500 units all right there together. But I totally understand that every time I bought another one right next to each other, the economics of scale was great. I get that. But there was something else. There was the, the concept of I knew the market, and I was totally identified with it. How does that work when you got a big property? The, the fear is, is it okay? It's, I can find 60 idiots anywhere to come live on a property I didn't do a good job on. But, man, you got to fill up 400 units, or what's your largest one there, 464. How do you, how do you conceive 464 as far as getting it to move? In other words, we're trying to move the NOI. We're trying to move at that 10%, proverbial 10%, to get that 100% gain in value. Um, but that's now 464 units you have to change compared to, the first one you did 120 units, it took you two years and you sold it and you got your profit. How do you move 464 units? Is there something I'm not seeing there? Well, and I guess it's perspective. I mean, I had a 1,500 unit property up in Alexandria, Virginia um, that I, with the company I was with. So 464 to me doesn't seem all that daunting. But it's like the analogy I use, it's like a large ship, is that it can go off course really quickly if you don't know what you're doing, but it's going to be and then very hard to get it back on course. Um, so you've got to really manage well, and you've got to be paying attention. But most of our deals, we've increased our income um, at probably 25 to 30% within two years. We leave the market in every market because I crack up because asset managers will say, send me a market survey. And I tell them, I don't do a market survey. I am the market. Um, <laughs> people follow up. So I, I like that. We just do it. We mainly deal. We do it on renewals, um, but more than that, we really pop the. If it's a vacant apartment, we turn it, and we don't even do the full blown upgrade that everybody else is doing—the granite countertops and all of that. But we're getting the granite countertop prices without even having to spend that level of an upgrade, um, which says there's still skin on the, the, or you know, there's still upside for somebody in the future to go. Wow, look, we could do this even better. Take it to the next level, but we're popping the rents. Seventy-five to one hundred and fifty dollars um, every time we turn a unit. So, the, <clears throat> long answer to your question, but that's how we get the NOIs up. <laughs> um, because you've been on here so many times, and we've told your story multiple times, I'm, I'm going to sh share some of your time to tell a story that falls in line with what you're saying. I did a deal where I bought a, a property the guy had just rehabbed, and everything was brand new from the sheetrock out. All brand new cabinets, countertops, appliances, electrical boxes, everything, ACs, everything was brand new. The guy did it. Uh, it was only a 68 unit, but he did uh, $800,000 worth of renovation, which was insane. The thing was perfect. I had a piece of crap across the street, and mine had, not, had no rehab, about the same age, and I was getting $100 a month more for the unit. So I thought, you know, I'm going to buy this one across the street and I'm going to turn it into a class B. I got a class C over here. It really was probably a class C minus or D, but I got it this and I'm going to buy this thing and it's got to be a B and I'm going to raise, raise its rents higher than mine. So I went in and I said, I'm going to make this thing incredible. I put ceramic tile down the kitchens and the dining rooms and I put a crown molding in the living rooms and, you know, I was just having fun. 
you know, decorating, art, making great. We raised the rents, 150 bucks from where they're at. And uh, one day I stopped being interested in doing all the work with my crew. And I said, you guys just finished it up. I'm tired of doing this. So I stopped coming. Well, my manager calls me one day and she goes, Dell, I've got some good news and bad news. I said, what's that? She goes, well, we can't get these units made up without you out here helping these guys fast enough that we can lease them. And so I'm just have to take the vacants and lease them without being upgraded. I said, okay, so what'd you get for rent? She goes, same thing. <laughs> exactly. And, and there went my ego, man. I thought my make ready was the key. I really did. But sometimes yeah. you just, that's how you find the market. You just keep going until you can't go any further. Right. That's exactly right. That's great. Great story. So, um, with this, like 464 units, what kind of make, what kind of renovation money do you take into a deal like that? Um, I think one of the lessons I've learned is you need to overcapitalize. You know, you, you try to do your performas and stuff, and you obviously want to have returns on your performa that are good enough that people are going to be interested and want to invest. But I'd always rather underpromise and overdeliver. But the one thing I've seen in the industry a lot is people that undercapitalize and just run out of money yeah. and or they're spending way too much money in my opinion on all the stuff you just said the the granite countertops and some poo-poo stuff that makes them feel good and like look at all the decorating money i just spent and it doesn't really go to the bottom line well we're going to pick uh, this up we got to we got a break we'll take a short break we'll be right back with robert and the dell walmsley radio show talk 13 7 the right choice Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Robert Tinning out of Dallas, Texas. Robert is uh, a lead investor, which I call him, this really is um, solicit. No, uh, what am I calling? I lost a word here, guys. My, my brain, this is what happens you get old, Robert. You just lose words, they go away. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk with you about, we were getting into it at the break here and you got cut off. I'm sorry, but you were talking about what you do believe is important to do as far as upgrade. You were saying you don't believe you should go all the way. You're, you're not doing the expensive turnaround on a unit. You're just doing something. And let's hear from you what that is. What do you think is important when you take over a property? What's, you know, what's the turnaround secret? I think part of it is knowing what part of the cycle you're in, um, the real estate cycle. So, you, again, you have to be a good steward and guarding your reserves so that you always make sure that you have enough reserves for downturns, down cycles. So if you were to ask me, have asked me this three, five years ago, I probably would give you a different answer and wouldn't be doing a fuller upgrade. But when I saw the market starting to turn a little bit, and getting a little frothy on sales prices and everything. I, we backed off on doing the granite. Um, we kept doing a lot of the other stuff, such as new fixtures, new plumbing fixtures, new lighting, um, maybe new cabinet fronts, depending on the property and the, the hardware pools on the cabinets. So to give it a fresh new look, maybe a backsplash in the bathroom and the kitchen. But we continued to get the rent that the prior owner was getting for full granite. We just said, no, that's what our rents are. And we've continued to push the rent, like I said earlier, 75 to really one property over $200 every time we turn the unit, even though we didn't do the full upgrade. So 
right now, I'm just being really guarded with our reserves. Um, we want to make sure we have enough. But we also have a property that we're, the 68 unit. We're doing the full exterior paint right now because we want to give it a fresh look in the spring. And it had some of these trendy colors that everybody likes to use, the the oranges and the greens and stuff <laughs> that two years later um, yeah. look very dated, which is great if you're planning on flipping it. But if you own it for three or four years, you suddenly have a very dated product. So we're, we're, my point is we're spending money even now on capital projects that we think will have a good return on investment for us. Um, I'm just excited about when the market does start turning back that we'll probably start doing granite countertops and stuff again. Worst case, we've got a great story to sell to a seller or to a buyer. Um, but gosh, look at all the money that's still left to be made on this deal. So to me, it's a win-win. Yeah. It's interesting you bring that up, the story. I like that. Because these things really are sold on a story, aren't they? Absolutely. So um, you're talking about the market. So a lot of people would like to hear what your opinion is about the market because I look at it and every time I turn around, the traditional marketplace that I lived in from the early 80s when I started, um, actually 79, I think, about when I started back then till now, the market has had dramatic rises and falls. And here of the last 10 years, we we don't think we've seen a dramatic fall. We see softening. I think you're, you're saying you're feeling softening. and um, But I'm still seeing prices that are through the sky. What is your feeling about the where the market is right now? So, so much capital is flooding in from the coast, both east and west coast. Um, and I had a broker tell me the other day where they might get 30 um, – confidentiality agreement signed when they put a deal on market. They're getting over 225 to 260 on every single deal, even small properties. So there's so much interest right now and money chasing deals. And I think that shows you that people realize that in the long term, real estate, especially multifamily, is a great investment. There's still a shortage of supply, um, a critical shortage of supply. That's not going to change anytime soon. People still have to have a place to live. Um, I sure wouldn't be one of wanting to be buying office right now, right? But multifamily is just a solid investment in that sense. And, yeah, you can look at it and go, gosh, this used to sell for $37,000 a door, and now it's selling for 137000 a door. Well, what is it going to be in three or four years? And that's one thing I keep trying to tell my investors is I get the quarterly distributions are important, um, but we also need to look at what future values of this asset are going to be. But the equity growth is just – I think off the charts. So even though it's gotten frothy, I still, I mean, we're actively looking to buy properties. I'll probably look at 35 to 40 before I find one that excites me. But um, we bought the last deal we bought, the 360 units, we closed September 1 in the middle of the pandemic um, when a lot of other people were frozen up. But it's just, I think it's the best deal we've bought so far. It's just a home run. Tell us about that. What makes it a home run? Because even if this property hasn't had a lot of upgrades to it, um, but it is, it is in Bedford, Texas, centrally located to the entire DFW market. It sits right next to a beautiful park. It's in a very wooded, hilly part of DFW, which most people would never even think exist in Dallas. Um, but it hasn't even had that much upgrades done to it, but it's got low turnover because people really value the apartment and the location. Um, it's had good management, good customer service. So, even if we didn't 
do major upgrades. This deal, because of how we bought it, the price we bought it, um, it's going to do well just in that sense. But in doing our normal rent upgrades and our um, rent increases on new leases, this thing has so much upside. And it's like we've got so much runway for when we come out of this bad market. It's not even a bad market, but when we come out of this challenging market and so many people are moving to DFW, it's one of the leading cities, if not the leading city for in-migration from across the country. Um, There's just so much pent-up demand here. And this still, we bought it right, um, best product, best price. So it's got upside either way. So what year built was this property? Just trying to get wrap my arms around this. What was the question? What year built was the property? Oh, I'm sorry. It's like 82, 83. Okay, so you're still working on your blue-collar, blue um, middle-class yeah, housing? Work-class work housing, they call it? Yep. And your thought there is that they can't build this stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's in the heart of the Metroplex, very near the airport, very near uh, what we call Jerry World, Cowboy Stadium, um, American Airlines, all these major employers. General Motors is very near. Yeah, so absolutely right. They could not afford to build that. They'd have to go way out of the city. Um, and the rents there are, frankly, quite a bit higher. So, yeah, the replacement cost is not even not even a consideration. Yeah, that's been a theory that I've espoused since the beginning that the lower class properties, and when I call them lower class, I mean, they're just, they're older. They've been around longer. They've got, you know, a clientele that makes less money than the class A properties. And it's kind of like the world, the two worlds don't even exist with each other. Um, When I was in the class C business, you know, I did, had no idea what Class A's were doing. I mean, those guys were doing insane things. And now that I'm in the Class A business, I don't even know what the Class C people are doing. It's different. Um, when I bought, started buying Class A's, I got out of Class C. John Ridgway and I sold our portfolio. And then I sold off my portfolio that I had personally. I said, okay, I'm going to go just do something different, learn something different. I'm going to go into Class A's. And... Um, when I started looking at Class A's, I was looking at stuff that's a year, two years old, just come out of the ground. And we were looking at, I was looking at around $100,000 a door. And right now I'm seeing stuff $180,000 a door, just a few years later. And right. you're saying the Class B's are now selling for 130 a door. It's blowing my mind. Yep. So it's hard you... to look even like, at a, like a little one-bedroom apartment. When you've been in the industry as long as I have, and, and go that used to go for three hundred and seventy-five dollars a month, and now we're getting one thousand one hundred and seventy-five dollars for the same box. You know, absolutely. Really, you can get your really self your, get yourself captured um, when you start thinking like that, or start thinking like, "Gosh, this property sold for forty thousand a unit just seven years ago, and look what they want for it now." That can really freeze you and keep you from being successful if you get stuck in that kind of thing. I think it does. And I think that's why most people that are mom and pops in this business, as opposed to big corporations, which are driven to keep growing. I mean, they, they, they have to, if they don't grow, they die. But for mom and pops, I think what happens is you get stuck in a place in time. Like when I was buying houses, I bought them at 25,000 a door. By the time they got up to 40,000 a door, I go, I'm not going to pay that kind of price for a house. That's insane. 
I got out of that, went to multifamily where I could buy stuff for eight to 10,000, 12,000 a door. Felt comfortable with that. And within two years, houses were selling for $100,000 a door. And I'm like, what? I thought that rise was over. Same thing happened to me over and over again. 2008 happened. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with Robert Tinning and the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Del Tuesday is Robert Tinning out of Dallas, Texas. Robert is uh, the proud owner and managing partner of a large group of properties. And uh, we've had him on before, but we wanted to get him back in because he just closed a really nice property up in Dallas that he's really excited about. Uh, Robert, where do you go from here, man? You've done quite a bit in a short period of time. What's your goal in life? You know, I, that keeps changing. We used to say we wanted about 1,500 units, but now that we're pretty much at that number, we're thinking, where does this stop? We're having so much fun doing what we're doing. Um, I don't want to be a giant. I don't want to... You know, my idea is not to work myself. Um, I'm, I'm loving the fact that we now have acres and I can walk out to the creek when I get a little too stressed and I can just play whenever I want. I've got my freedom, my time. But I think we'd like to get up to four or 5,000 units, ideally, would be kind of our target range and move into more like 90s product, a little bit newer generation of housing. But I have a real passion for taking care of customers and customer service. A prior company, we got ready number one in the nation for customer service for five years in a row, and no one else had ever done it twice. So I enjoy what I'm doing. I'm having fun doing what I'm doing. It's, it's, if you enjoy what you're doing and you love it, it's not work. You know, i got to tell you a story. <laughs> I had this conversation with John. I said, you know, John, uh, when we decided to go into a deal together and, he was going to do all the management company stuff. I was going to do all the uh, lead investor stuff and get all the money and do that stuff. So I said, look, I've been in class C minus D properties my whole life, 70s construction, and I'm tired of 70s construction. I want some of that really nice stuff. I want some of that 80s construction. <laughs> and it, it was like it was like night and day to me in my brain that to own 80s construction was like, going to be different than owning 70s construction. And it is, by the way, completely different. But when we started buying 80s construction, I realized this is the same clientele we had in 70s construction. We just had different exterior and interior construction points. Now that I look at it, I look back, and I'm just laughing with you here. As you look back, I'd like to get up to the 90s. I, I think to myself what I thought then. Right now, 90s construction is actually 30 years old. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I find you, myself more and more having to count on my fingers and go 90, 2000, 2000. Oh, my, that's 30 years ago. Yeah. It just, it's it 30 gets years away. ago, not 40. So it's a little bit newer um, product as far as the mechanics and the lifespan of stuff. Oh, it does. In fact, it's funny. Every 10 years, there's structural differences. I say... You can remodel a class C up to a class B, but you can't remodel a class C up to a class A because they're That's different. Right. I mean, yep. the, the, the height of the ceilings, for example, 
are different. The, the, the size of the windows in the units are different. They, they really changed everything. Um, and it happened to Well, you can just tell architecturally, you can drive by and go, well, that's 70s product, that's 90s product. Um, they definitely have architectural ages to them that are very definitive. What does your family think about what you're doing? They love it. Um, absolutely love it. I mean, I'm, I'm not on the road all the time. I used to be in Dallas rush hour traffic constantly, um, coming home stressed. And now I can make my own schedule. Um, we're making more money than we've ever made. So, and has have a really, we, we have a plan now for our retirement, not gosh, I hope I live longer than my 401k does. So, we're excited. If we want to take a month-long vacation at some point, we could do that. We've never done that before in our lives. So family's really excited about what we're doing. This is a it's not a tricky question, but it's an interesting question. Uh, when John quit, all of his friends at the company he worked at and other companies and all the people he knew in the apartment associations uh, kind of laughed at him like... You're making a big mistake, man. And, you know, 10 years later now where he's at and where you're at, uh, they see that things are different. Are you still tight with any of the people that you used to work with or the apartment association people? And what do they think about your move? I, I think when John did it, um, the whole concept was still relatively new. And so many of us are trained into that middle America kind of thinking that you're, you've got to work for a job, have a W-2 paycheck. But I think by the time I did it um, this last year, more people have seen the success of people, you know, John, Curtis Haynes, there's so many people I could name. Um, so I think when I, I kind of made the jump, people, actually the old owner shook my hand and was kind of excited for me, um, which is really cool. But I, I think more people in the industry understand now it's still really scary for them to think about doing it themselves probably, but it's lifestyles is highly respected in the, the associations. I mean, we've got people that are on the chairing committees. It's my point is it's much wider known. Now the brokerage community knows lifestyles, respects it, the Seneca steals all the time. Um, I think it's changed a lot since John, cause I was actually one of those people you described. It's like, John, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. He used to tell me that he got a lot of resin from his buddies. So yeah. that's good. I'm glad to see we've made some progress out there in the worldwide reality in the scheme of things. That's good. Well, I want to say that um, I'm really excited about you being in the group for a couple of different reasons. Uh, one, what we just covered, you know, bringing people out of the industry into this side of the industry has been exciting. People from the Apartment Association, I know you're deeply respected in the Apartment Association into this side of the of the business. Those things excite me. And of course, you're being very successful excites me also. So I really appreciate that you've come in with us and you've helped build us. Well, I really appreciate everything that Lifestyles has made possible for me. So I thank you right back at you. Well, that's great. I um, leave you one last thing. I don't know how many people in the industry big name people that I will not mention because I would not do that to them have come to me in private say, Hey, can I have a private lunch with you? And you know, they just wanted to sit down and talk. How does this all work? Not very many of them actually take action even after I had that lunch with them, but they're out there. Robert, thanks for coming on the rest of you out there. Remember this. It's not 
the money. It's that lifestyle that Robert talked about. We'll we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. The MLB app. You can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.